There is a far-off enchanted land ruled by pink dolphins. And sometimes they just want to dance. And then we take a look at the conspiracy theory that world fairs all over the world have one purpose. Not to bring the world together, not to show off the advancements in technology, but to destroy the remnants of ancient civilizations that were here before us. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. So let's go ahead and jump into the episode here. Now our first story is a request, and it's funny because this is a request for, actually both segments today are requests, and they're both requests from like last year. Hopefully they still listen to the podcast, doesn't matter, I'm going to cover them anyways whether or not they listen to the podcast. But sometimes it takes me a long time to get through your request, so if you've ever sent me a request for a story and I haven't done it yet, it's not because I think it's lame. I just really haven't had time to research it yet, but I got these two guys going today. And this is a request from Ian. I believe it was YouTube. Ian. I'm not going to give out the last name because I don't know if it's your real last name, but Ian, you know who you are? Maybe not because we haven't started the segment yet, but thanks, Ian, for this request. Everyone, hop on board the Rabbit Rowboat. This is going to be a water journey for us. So get on the Rabbit Rowboat. Each of us grab an oar and start paddling paddling and then after a couple strokes i just lean back and i'm like hey you do it i'm gonna do the talking you do the rowing and we are going to a magical enchanted land known as the Encante. as we're going down this river magical birds flying around do magical bird stuff beautiful palm trees are overhanging the river on both sides of the bank. Going down the Encante. That's the theme song for this realm. Every time you're in there, you hear this song play. No matter where you're at, you can never sleep in this realm. Okay, that's gone on long, long enough. Okay, so anyways, I'm leaning back in the rowboat. You're struggling. We're going upriver. We're going upstream. You're like, ah, can't we go the other way? I'm like, no. The story is this way. And as we're going, to, I'm just joking. The story's that way too, but... I just want to see, you got to get a workout, get an upper body workout. So we're coming up the river. We start to see pink dolphins splash next to us. Try not to hit them with the paddles because they're jumping up and you're like, oh, this is so beautiful. That music's a little annoying, but this is so beautiful and serene. And then one of them looks at you and goes, it is, isn't it? And then they jump back into the water and you're like, talking pink dolphins? I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, yes. Yes, young fellow travelers, I light my corncob pipe. It is quite the amazing place here in the Encante. The Encante is a place that is populated by these pink dolphins known as the Encantados. Encantados. But it's a peaceful place where there is no suffering, no pain, only happiness, wealth. There's food everywhere. The music's a little annoying. But you got birds chirping. You got pink dolphins. You got an endless river. You don't like that part either because you're going to have to row down it. But... It's everything you would expect a utopian dimension to be. Now, we love our time here, because this is not what we're used to. But the Encantados get bored after a while. I've always wondered, like, I imagine heaven would be boring after a while. Like, after the first 20,000 years, you'd be like, ugh, 
Uh, sit on a sit on a different cloud now. Like I think the idea of a peaceful dimension would get boring after a while. At a certain point, I'd be like, "Hey God, can I like go fight an alien war or something? Can like you reincarnate me into like a Goliath monster on some other planet? I'll like kill adventurers." He's like, "Yeah, sure, <laughs> whatever." God, God can do. Anything. <laughs> he just sends me there. I eat a bunch of people and come back to heaven. But I imagine it gets super boring. So these guys get bored of their utopian society. So what they do is every so often. They will swim through their magical rivers and then splash out into our realm, Earth, specifically the Amazon River, cutting through the Amazon in Brazil. So let's follow them. And you're like, no, no, it's so peaceful here. I don't want to go back. It's horrible on Earth. I'm like, come on, just let's go. So (laughs) against your wishes, the boat goes through the portal. And now we're in the Amazon rainforest and we automatically just feel human misery just lay on top of us. I'm like, yeah, we probably should have stayed there. But anyways, now here's the story of these guys. In Brazil culture, they have these stories of the Encantados. And what happens is these pink dolphins are... And there are really pink dolphins in the Amazon River. But the question is this. Can these pink dolphins turn into humans because that's the legend what happens is these pink dolphins come from their dimension into ours and they not only want to experience like pain and suffering they also want to experience pleasure they they need to have both so they've developed the ability to shapeshift into human males and what they do is they come out of the river and they're a dude they're like oh this is pretty awesome look at these feet isn't it great or however that song goes and they start walking (laughs) i don't think that's the song And they will walk, and they are attracted to the sound of music. So imagine it's like Terminator. They're just like a naked guy walking through the jungle, and they're like, hey, I need your clothes. They can use mind control, actually. That's one of their spells. So if they ran into you, they're just like, give me your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. And the guy's like, well, I don't have a motorcycle. It's the Amazon jungle, but here's my clothes and my boots. And you just walk around. Now, they'll go to these parties, and they'll just start boogieing down. They're actually known to be amazing musicians, the most gifted musicians in the world. So they sit there and pull out their guitar. Give me your guitar. The guy's like, okay, give him the guitar. Playing the guitar. And people fall in love with them. Now, they also not only love to party, not only love to create music, but they love to bang women. It's one of the things they're known for. And they're deadbeat dads. So basically, they just go to a party, grab some dude's guitar, starts playing it. A bunch of girls come over. They bang them all. And then they bounce. They just run back to the river because eventually people may figure them out. They have one telling flaw to them. And if they're ever found out, they'll actually just run back to the river and then turn into a penguin. Not a penguin, they'll turn into a dolphin again. They'd be surprised if they like magically turn into a penguin. They're like, uh-oh, this, this is not what I'm supposed to be. And they swim away. And then they go back to their home dimension. And they're like, dude, it was totally awesome. Played the guitar, banged a bunch of chicks. Now, they have these magical abilities. They can control the weather, which is an amazing ability. Make it storm and be like, oh, sorry, honey, your clothes are all wet. Better take them off. It's really, really handy. They um, can transform you into an intocado. So if you have a fetish of turning into a pink dolphin, head to Brazil. You might run into one of these guys. But they can also curse you. They can drive you insane. They can use magic to kill you. And all of those are useful skills or useful spells if you're like traveling to our world and don't want to get caught. Just cause a huge rainstorm, mudslide, all your pursuers get caught in the mud. But out of all that, there's one thing they can't do. This is so bizarre. There's one thing they can't do. They can't magically make their blowhole disappear. So the way you can tell that you're talking to someone at a bar, this cute guy, and you're chatting him up. And you're like, that's kind of weird. He's wearing his hat all the time. That's what they always do. They wear hats because they can't cover up their blowhole. 
So, my conspiracy theory, Fred Durst is an intocado. Musical ability? Hat? All the time? I don't know. But anyways, uh, where was I going with that? Oh, yeah, yeah, so they have the blowholes. So sometimes their hat gets knocked off, and that's why I was saying they'll run away and then jump in the river and people will chase them down. I think this is this legend's been created for two reasons. One, they're also known to, and I should have said this earlier, but they're known to kidnap people. And so people in Brazil, people by the Amazon River, don't like to be in the river by themselves. They don't like to be by the river after dusk. So whenever it's dark, don't be by the river. Don't be by yourself. Don't swim in the river if you if you can avoid it. I mean, it's a really hot day, but you really you shouldn't swim in the river because you might get kidnapped by a dolphin. And those are all, we've looked at this before, these myths tend to have reasons behind them. This one is basically, don't play in the Amazon River. A pink dolphin may not get you, but a bow constrictor can, or the riptide, or anything like that. So, there's definitely a reason behind this, and I think it's interesting, is one of their main things is leaving illegitimate children behind. I think that's a way to explain young women getting pregnant. It's basically like, if a young woman gets pregnant... Instead of being shamed by being, like, tricked by a man, by a mortal man who, like, seduced her, they can just say, oh, he must have used some sort of magic spell to get you. And it's a way to explain that away as well. So uh, uh, being a, uh, having an illegitimate child loses a bit of its social stigma if you're up against a mythological being. No one's going to blame the girl for dressing up like a cow and getting banged by Zeus. Well, I guess dressing up as a cow is kind of weird, but... When you're being seduced by a mythological creature, it's really hard to say, you did something wrong. So I think that's the one of the other reasons behind this. But the pink dolphins, like I said, are real. And the people in the area still see them as mythological creatures. The problem is, is that commercial fishermen kill them. Now, they don't sell the dolphin meat. But apparently, doll- pink dolphin meat is super tasty for catfish. And they the fishermen are trying to get catfish, so they'll kill these dolphins. And then they will make bait out of these pink dolphins to get all these catfish. To the point where the Brazilian government had to put up a, a temporary ban from catfishing. From uh, fishing for catfish. To prevent people from killing all these dolphins. And they said, we're going to keep the ban going on long enough to give the, the pink dolphin population time to repopulate and so on and so forth. It's an interesting myth because it still is... I don't want to say relevant today, but people still believe it. And I think it's become one of those things that it's such a cultural thing. A rational person wouldn't go, yeah, yeah, you don't go by the river at night, a dolphin may kidnap you. But people would still tell that story to kids to have them not go down to the river. And people have gotten such a connection to these pink dolphins that they don't want them killed either. It's actually a very helpful myth. It helps the real pink dolphins from being slaughtered and it protects people from falling in the river. It would be cool though. I I personally wouldn't have a problem getting kidnapped by a pink dolphin and dragged into a realm full of peace and awesomeness if again going back to my heaven analogy if i could then come out of that dimension at will to have some fun on earth so if you know when limp biscuits on tour hit me up i want to become a dolphin does it does anyone know who that band that band was so huge when i was in college so huge i've noticed something interesting as i've gotten older is that you can have a hit show, and the second the last episode ends, people stop caring about it. I find that so bizarre. You can have a show that's on seven seasons, ten seasons, whatever, and it ends. And then the next week happens, and people forget about it. They just go on with their lives. They'll still have maybe a fan base that will watch it, but for the most part, it just leaves the cultural zeitgeist. Like, who sits around and talks about Lost anymore, other than a few diehard fans? Same thing with bands. Movies don't have that thing because we expect movies to just come out and then kind of disappear. 
But televisions and music, we develop an emotional connection to. I'm not talking about bands like the Beatles, but a band like Limp Bizkit, who was super huge for a long time, and then just kind of stopped making music. I don't know if they're still around. I think they broke up or something like that. They might still be touring, but they just drop off, and then people go, oh, what's the new band? What's the new television show? I find that fascinating. I find that absolutely fascinating. Cultural memory. You know what? That's actually a good segue. Because we're going to go on, we're going to leave behind Brazil. Let's hop on board the Dead Rabbit Dirigible. We're going old school with this one. And it's coal-powered, so (laughs) start shoveling. While you're shoveling coal into the Dead Rabbit Dirigible, I'm going to sit back, drink some lemonade, and tell you this story. This story was recommended last year as well by a user named Spunky Dunk. Spunky Dunk. I don't think that's your (laughs) first name or your last name, so I have no problem saying the whole thing. Thank you for the recommendation, Spunky Dunk. We are going to Chicago. Chicago, Illinois. Let's fly there. We go all the way over there, right? And we're also going to go back in time. We're going back to the year of 1893. Now, two things happened historically in 1893 in Chicago. One, there was the serial killer known as H.H. Holmes. I'm not going to go into total detail. I actually planned on doing a little segment on him. I'll keep it brief. He was basically an American serial killer who built a hotel that had all these traps in it so people would go into their hotel rooms and the door wouldn't open, which is kind of like just going to a Motel 6, any Motel 6. But the door wouldn't open, and then he would suffocate you or you would starve to death, and the um, hotel rooms had trap door. You're like, this is fascinating, tell me more. But there's a trap door out of each room, and he would throw bodies in it, and they would slide down this slide like an episode of Scooby-Doo into a barrel of acid. So that's not like Scooby-Doo. And he murdered a bunch of people. He was an abortion doctor who would say, oh, yeah, I can do that abortion. Then he would just murder the woman. And eventually got arrested for burning the building down for insurance purposes. But the reason why, it's funny, because he's one of the most famous American serial killers. That's one reason I don't want to do the segment, because he's very, very popular, and I try to cover more obscure stuff. But also, the reason why, I've read a lot about H.H. Holmes. I've read a couple true crime books on I actually have done a lot of research on H.H. Holmes over the years, not just for this episode. And Also, over the years, it's come out that a lot of stories about him are fictitious. There were a lot of fiction novels written about him around the time. And because they were in that time period, they filtered into the actual quote-unquote knowledge we have about H.H. Holmes. So I didn't want to do a whole segment on him and then have to say, well, we don't know if this happened, we don't know if that happened. They really don't know how many people he killed in the hotel. He killed a couple people while he was on the run from the law for burning down the building, stuff like that. But the idea of him having this huge saw-like house with all these trap doors and the acid bath, people to this day are like, eh, maybe he had that stuff. He might have, but, I mean, it's basically a story that it kind of dead ends itself. Because he didn't get convicted for any of that stuff. He's been suspected of killing up to 200 people, but nobody knows. He had a crematorium built in his basement. He's like, yeah, I was there when I moved in. So again, nobody really knows. I might do a segment on his ghost, though. But anyways, let's get into the (laughs) meat of the matter here. The other thing Chicago was known for in 1893, and what brought H.H. Holmes there, let me talk about him for a second more. He built a hotel because the World's Fair was happening that year in Chicago, and he wanted to have a hotel to bring all these people in to make a bunch of money and possibly murder them. And maybe his ghost shows up in another episode. But 1893 is the 400th anniversary of Christopher Columbus setting sail. And it's not. It was actually 1492. It just took him a long time to get this World's Fair off the ground. 
They, when you do a World's Fair, what you have to do is you have to build a bunch of new buildings. It's a very weird thing. It basically shows amazing architecture, technological advancements, cultural things going on. When you go to the World's Expo or World's Fair, it's different terms for different countries, but when you go to the committee that organized these things, you have to show all the, you have to show like diagrams of all the buildings you're going to build. And they go, oh, those are wonderful. Yeah, we'll award you this year's World's Fair. It's every five years. But anyways, we'll reward you the upcoming World's Fair. You have to have like this amazing layout. And so in 1893, Chicago won it, won the right to do it. It was so, this is mind-boggling. It was so huge. 25% of the U.S. population showed up. I can't imagine anything. People, 25% of the U.S. population doesn't even watch Avengers Endgame. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, they don't, can't even go to a movie theater. I'm not saying like they, they should, but they can't even go to a movie theater or all watch the same movie. 25% of the United States population at that time had visited this World Fair and had all of these beautiful buildings put up. And they were done in this neoclassical style. It had these Renaissance influences and Gothic influences and French influences. So you had the city of Chicago, which is grimy. It's a hellhole, especially back then. There was a serial killer maybe running around. But in the midst of it, you had these beautiful brand new buildings in this giant area, the World Expo area, the World Fair area. Now, they were made out of, this is where we start to get into the conspiracy theory, though. They were made out of plaster because and wood because you had to build them very quickly. And the goal was to eventually tear them down. You weren't going to keep them there. But at a certain point, someone says, I think this building's beautiful. Like, they're looking at the design. They're like, let's make it a little more sturdy. And then after the World Fair... We'll knock down all the plaster stuff, and then we'll rebuild a more beautiful building on top of it. So they were starting to use stone and bricks for some of the buildings, but most of them were just wood and plaster. And it was like a movie set. You'd walk in, you'd be like, oh my god, this is amazing. Walk around. Tesla did all the lighting. That poor guy. That poor dude, man. He literally died in poverty, but he's just a footnote in so many stories. And he invented, supposedly, a death ray. Maybe H.H. Holmes used it. Maybe that was one of his stories. Actually, dude, that would be a great idea for, like, a novel. Tesla versus Holmes. Not Sherlock. And you have, like, this scientist trying to stop a serial killer. That'd be... That... Oh, damn it. That actually was a movie. It was called... It was a really good movie. I think it was called Time After Time. And it was a movie about... eight. This is going to sound crazy and dope at the same time. It was this movie I saw as a kid. And it was H.G. Wells versus Jack the Ripper. And Jack the Ripper steals H.G. Wells' time machine and comes to the 80s. And so H.G. Wells has to get in the time machine or he builds a new one or whatever and goes into the 80s. So it's a story of this author chasing this serial killer around in the 1980s uh, L.A. It was really good. I totally forgot about that movie. That movie's dope. It was so funny, I got a, uh, when I asked for suggestions a couple episodes ago, Jimmy emailed me and says, hey, you should do Dead Rabbit Recommends again. Dead Rabbit Recommends, I gotta look up the title of that movie, hold on. It was called Time After Time, it actually came out in 1979, and this is bizarre, you know that Cindy Lauper song, Time After Time? She came up with the title for that song because she was flipping through the TV guide one day and saw that movie was playing on TV. Isn't that weird? And she thought about it. She goes, I don't want to rip that off. And she took the title out of the song, and it didn't work, so she put the title back. It was weird. But anyways, Dead Rabbit recommends Time After Time, H.G. Wells versus Jack the Ripper. Let's get on with this story, though. So what the conspiracy theory is, is this. They built a new city there. It had this neoclassical style. But 
But according to the conspiracy theorists, and this is not a big one, but it may gain traction. Like the mud flood, it's based on photographic evidence almost always. In this case, there's not photographic evidence. People are demanding to see photographs of the buildings being constructed. Again, this story takes place in 1893. There was no flicker around back then, but there's no photos of the buildings being constructed. There's photos of... This is what they're saying, okay? There's photos of the buildings being repaired, like there's photos of a building and then there's a dome being put on it. But where are the blueprints? Where are the photos of the building? We want to see the very first brick. We want to see the foundation of these buildings. Because this is the theory. Those buildings were not made of wood or plaster. No, no, no. Jason, you debunker, this is what they were made of. They were made of stone. They were made of blood and sweat by the people who existed in America long before the English came here. You see, history is a lie. There was a civilization that existed in America long before anything else. And they had buildings that looked just like the buildings in France, oddly enough. They looked like the architecture from France in the 1800s, but these buildings existed long before Christopher Columbus. It's just a coincidence, I guess. Just a total coincidence. These buildings existed, and when the first settlers came here, they ran into a civilization far greater than our own. Old and wise. But apparently not really good at fighting off Europeans with flintlock pistols, because they were destroyed by the settlers. And as the cities in America begin to rise up, the powers that be had to look out their window and see these ancient buildings sitting in the middle of their city. And it reminded them that they were not the rulers of the planet. No, no, no. It told them that there was someone greater there before they were. So they all got together in their meeting house, the powers that be incorporated, on Illuminati Street, they all get there and they go, what are we going to do about these ancient buildings? Eventually, people are going to start asking questions. And the leader does something, (laughs) sinister strokes a cat, smokes a cigar, whatever, and says, there's only one thing we can do. There's only one possible scenario. Every five years, we're going to hold a World's Fair in a different city. Now the cat's smoking the cigar. So, what we will do is we will have a World's Fair in these cities. And we will tell people we built these buildings out of plaster. And because they're built out of plaster, we have to tear them down. But we're really tearing down the ancient ruins of a civilization far greater than our own. Everyone's like, that is a great idea, sir. That is a great, great idea. The cat's clapping too. little pause. So that's what they did. The World's Fair was held all over the world. Wherever a city needed to have some ancient ruins destroyed, they got the World's Fair contract. Because we can look at World's Fair in San Francisco and New York and things like that, and they have these great buildings, and then they're gone. The only way to explain that is there was a civilization before us, and those buildings weren't actually plaster. Because if they were plaster, there should have been photos of them being built. Now... What I just told you, it's found in it's scattered across the internet. It's actually part of a bigger conspiracy theory called Lost Time or Stolen Time, which we'll get into that in another episode. It's too complex to kind of cram into here. The idea is, like the Mud Flood episode, the Tatarian Empire. I don't have a problem with the idea that there were civilizations long before ours, but I think they would be hundreds of thousands of years behind us. 
maybe a million years. Like I, I, I can understand on that time scale that buildings would be destroyed and demolished. You'd have no idea anyone was there before. I'll buy into that. I'll, I'll at least entertain that thought. If this was true in any way, shape, or form, and it absolutely is not true in any way, shape, or form, here's the thing. It's 1893. It's Chicago. People have been roaming around that area now for close to a, over a century. It wasn't like the city was founded in 1892. There was a city there. So the people who lived there every day would walk by and go, hey, isn't that weird, buddy? Look at, it's the Coliseum sitting in the middle of old Chi-Town. Everyone's like, yeah. And then they're like, let's go to this hotel. And they get murdered. The idea that everyone in that town would have totally forgotten those buildings were there and then someone comes in and goes, those buildings are fake and we're going to knock them down in a couple months. Everyone's like, what? Yeah, I guess you're right. Like, the buildings were there for thousands and thousands of years, according to them. So the they, they do not have an argument for this because I was looking through this big Reddit thread about it. But the thing is, is that one person brought it up. One person brought this argument up. If these buildings existed for thousands or hundreds of years, whatever timeline you want, and then we destroyed them, told everyone they were made out of plaster and we destroyed them, wouldn't the people in Chicago have been able to see that those buildings were there when they moved in? They long predated the World Fair. And the answer was this. Hypothetically, he says, all hypothetically, this is what this guy, this is his argument. In between shifts at the factory? Question mark. Like these lunkheads, they just work at a factory like... They just walk from factory to home. They're just automatons. They're nothing like us smart thinkers. But he goes, in between shifts... Yes, you wouldn't notice if the Coliseum was in between your job at the factory and home. You would notice that. And if someone said, oh no, we built that yesterday, no matter how much of a lunkhead you are, you understand how time works. You understand (laughs) how things progress through the universe. But anyways, in between shifts of the factory... Similarly, I doubt people in ISIS territory know ISIS is defacing and destroying local sites. That's a common thing that comes up. You know, ISIS and Al-Qaeda was doing it too, where they'd blow up statues of like uh, old Buddhist statues in their territory. They want to destroy all of these landmarks that refer to any other religion. Here's the thing. One, Chicago is not ISIS-controlled territory, for one. The, the, the violence rate is quite high, but it's not ISIS high. Two... ISIS controlled huge swaths of desert. So again, it's not like people were leaving their factory going to home and there happened to be a giant Buddhist statue. It's in the middle of nowhere. Three, even if you did know that ISIS was blowing up statues around you, you don't care. You're an ISIS-controlled country. You don't care what they do as long as you're alive. But anyway, so that's a common argument. ISIS goes around destroying monuments all the time. We probably did it too. For the same reason, to cover up the past. The quote goes on here. I agree, this is in telling. I agree this is a massive plot hole. They know this is, they have a weakness to this argument. I agree this is a massive plot hole, but if you look into the Hearst newspaper dynasty, Hearst misspelled by the way, Hearst newspaper dynasty and others like it, you may, you may come to see it is feasible, so a lot of wiggle words here, you may come to see it is feasible that people did notice and care that the buildings were destroyed. But the media avoided covering the backlash. And with no user-controlled social media, how else does the news get out? Well, I mean, people had their own newspapers and stuff like that. But anyways, apparently without Twitter, the universe is, is doomed. And after the person saying, hey, ask the question I asked, wouldn't people notice the buildings were there? After that lunacy, the response is, fair enough, I could buy that. That's the mental level we're dealing with with this conspiracy theory. Nothing that guy said really made sense. 
And he gives enough wiggle room that you're like, maybe it's feasible. The point is he never answered the specific question. Why didn't people notice the buildings were there before? He goes, people may have been upset the buildings were being destroyed. But he also acknowledges this is a massive plot hole. Those buildings were fake. They were built out of plaster. And what's eventually another Redditor got on. Here's photos of San Francisco before their World Fair. Here's photos afterwards. Because they were saying this was happening everywhere. I'm focusing mainly on Chicago. But the buildings weren't there in these previous photos. And people just kind of stopped responding to that. So there are people pushing back against this. But it's basically out there. It's one of those conspiracy theories that is out there and it is growing. This I got this from a Reddit thread that has 10,200, what is it, subscribers, followers, whatever they are on Reddit. Just It's just such a bizarre conspiracy theory. And it's one that is based 100% on lack of photographic evidence. Bigfoot is based on, here's a photo of Bigfoot. Ghosts are based on experiences, and Bigfoot too, but you know what I mean? Like, there are conspiracy theories that are based on thing, people seeing things, experiencing things, or being presented with, quote-unquote, evidence of those things. This is the opposite. This is, I have no evidence that my theory is not true, therefore it is true. And there's n- really no way to argue that, other than saying, well, when did they recognize those buildings before? And that didn't phase this guy. He just went on, started talking nonsense until the other person either gave up or was actually convinced. I don't have a problem with the idea of ancient civilizations long before us. I don't, I I, I 100% do not believe they existed and were building monuments in America before we got here. Like, I'm, I'm talking recent history. We do have evidence of the Tatarian Empire, which was a real place that Russia basically wiped off the map and wiped out of the history books. But it wasn't this super civilization that was this, it wasn't in Conte on Earth. It wasn't this peaceful, that a lot of people build up the Tatarian Empire to be this offshoot of the Roman Empire. It was a Muslim-controlled country. And so you have this element of people finding these bits of history that have been suppressed, because that does happen, and then turning it into the new Atlantean of this multicultural, peace-loving, but super-weapon-having civilization that was destroyed by the powers that be when and when and actually it was a section of russia that was predominantly muslim and that's why the russians shut them down that's why the russians were like get rid of them they do it all the time they were doing it with chechnya back in the 90s and i kind of think today but back in the night just get rid of them so that's why they got pushed out they're like i don't like you go away if europeans had come to america and they found these ancient structures wouldn't they destroy them That's the question, because you would have so much to learn from these things. And more importantly, one of the key things to getting the settlers to move west was manifest destiny. It was God's purpose and will for the white men to push across the continent. Imagine if a bunch of white dudes sailed all the way to this new continent, got off the boat, and found architecture matching their own. That would be 100% proof that Manifest Destiny is true, that we had to conquer. It would be proof that the society of the Europeans is so amazing that it existed long before. That it was the only civilization that should exist on the planet. They wouldn't destroy, that's what, they wouldn't destroy it. If they came over and found a bunch of like Japanese temples, yeah, they'd knock them down. But if they came over from France, from Britain, from Spain, and they found architecture that matched the Renaissance, 
they wouldn't then go, oh, these people don't exist. Your first conclusion would be like, oh, maybe people came over here before we did. Maybe we were are not the first people over here. But you would go there and you'd be like, oh, this, this continent belongs to us. These people are from us and we're possibly from them. We own this place. It would have been 100% reason to seize control of the continent like that, which they did eventually, but it would have spurred them on more to know that they weren't alone. That their cultures were so amazing and so gifted that they discovered this continent and built these structures here and then rediscovered it. You didn't go over there and find buildings from other cultures. You found buildings from your culture. It would be the equivalent of if we landed on the moon, there was already an American flag there. We wouldn't knock it down. We'd be like, USA, USA. It would show that for some reason, America actually existed long before America did. It would be the most telling thing in the world that that culture was determined to rule. If you went to Mars and you found the Statue of Liberty, you'd be like, oh, this is awesome. France may try to take credit for that, but you know what I mean? That would be the equivalent of that. This conspiracy theory is not thought through at all, really. But a lot of people believe it. And it's actually pretty easy to disprove. Other than everything I just said, this would be the kill shot. World fairs still happen today. You can go to a city where a world fair will be happening in five years. Take a bunch of photos and see if there are any ancient buildings that need to be knocked down. And if you happen to be walking through Rio de Janeiro or Kyoto, Japan, and you see a building amid the skyscrapers, the bustling people, as they're leaving their factory and just headed home, if you see a building down one of those side streets that has a neoclassical look, that looks like something straight out of an architecture magazine from 1893, take a photo of that you might have just found proof that the powers that be really are destroying the past. Or you've just gone insane. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. <laughs> 